know if I'm ever gonna. I mean, I kind of feel very much at peace that like. I don't think I'm ever going to buy a couch ever again. And it was just like, I just didn't ever want to have to move a couch ever again. That was really like the thing. But I think the the biggest thing about not having furniture is like when we had our house in Newport and we had beautiful furniture, it didn't matter. We were always on the floor because we wanted to be with the dogs and the dogs were way too big for all of us to be on the furniture or we'd be on the mat with the dogs and you know, doing yoga or, you know, rolling or something like that. It's like, I never really, I don't feel like I have a life where I can just sit, where I just sit on the couch. Look at the things that you're doing, write them down in a notebook, get really honest with yourself and get, get a red pen, go buy a red pen and cross out the things that really you could do without, or you're curious if you can do without. Because when you first said Peacock, like I really like The Office and I like to watch old Office episodes. But we haven't had it and I haven't watched The Office and I'm fine and I'm okay. And I'm back to running fast. So is running fast more important to me or is watching old episodes of The Office important to me? <laughs> running strong and fast and healthy is important to me and more important. Right there, people. Welcome back to the Yogi Triathlete Podcast. I'm Jess. I'm here with BJ, and this is our March installment of The O Show. I am literally hot off a long ride and a short run, uh, still sweaty and gross, but we are throwing down this podcast and actually think it's kind of prime prime condition to, uh, to podcast for the open and honest show because I'm feeling pretty raw right now. I was just going to say that raw, raw environment here. Yeah, I can feel like right now, like as I just finally sat, because I'm probably, I don't know, less than 15 minutes coming back from the run, and I can just feel like the heat starting to come. I feel like my my face is starting to droop, Uh, and not because I'm 51, but just because I was outside for, I don't even know, I'm trying to upload my data right now, and um, it's being finicky. Let's talk about that, like... So you did your long ride today, normally yeah. done on Saturday. Why'd you do it today? Uh, well, I'm traveling on Monday. I'm going back east to be with my family. And uh, I know myself really well. And and I just know how much a lighter Saturday is going to feel good for me. Because I know Sunday I want to run on the Oceanside course, get a uh, swim in with the team, and then I'm going to want to hop on my bike again. And that's going to be, uh, you know, quite a day. So I can set myself up for success mentally, really, um, by having a little bit of a quieter day here on Saturday. And I'd really like to do like a longer meditation um, because Sunday I think will be big and that's going to be great because I'll be off my bike for six days. And then Monday morning I'm on a plane to go back uh, to Cape Cod to, to see my family. And I'm I'm really excited. It's my mom's birthday and, um, I love my family. We, you know, we're, I don't know. We just, I feel really blessed. We have a lot of fun together and, um, so I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. So yeah, so I had this window, like this has been a really full week. This is like a four podcast week, um, which has been amazing. And, uh, on top of, you know, just the regular day to day and, you know, also being two weeks out from, uh, Oceanside and, you know, training super important right now. So I happened to 
see that today I really didn't have anything on the schedule and I was going to do an Instagram live with the girls, with Valerie and Megan. And I just told them, I said, you know, I want to get this ride in and I'm not going to be able to do it this week. And, and they were totally cool. We're going to come back in a couple of weeks with that. And I just saw this window and I snagged it and I'm so glad I did. I felt so good today and I really wanted to toast the legs. Um, I knew this would be like a key, a key bike, uh, today I've been building into it. And so, yeah, so it was a great workout. It was really great. And then came off the bike and ran and just like kind of kept going. I was I just kept going. Um, you were like, you don't have to just move the legs. You don't have to go long. I know it would have been fine if I did five minutes or seven minutes or 10 minutes. Um, I didn't go that long. It went 20 minutes, but I felt good. Yeah. So I'm excited. I'm excited for Oceanside, but today was, today was a key day. But that's the important piece. That is the important piece of, of training is I find most often the mind when you, when you give yourself a break, like just move the body five minutes. Most often athletes in my experience don't just do the five minutes. Like they get out there, they're actually running and they go longer because they feel good because they warmed up. They didn't give up before they even started. Yeah. I knew I was going to feel better. It's like, you just, I don't know, after so many years doing this, I know my body. I'm like, it's not going to get any worse than this. I know I'm just going to feel better. So I'm just going to keep going. And I just, I was just shuffling along. And uh, I, I honestly, I felt like I could have gone for an hour. Yeah. I feel like that's the, thinking about that groove, wearing that groove, right? We, we've been wearing the groove down. Uh, it's, it's a really nice pattern right now where when we get off a bike, a longer bike, most often it's a run off the bike and that the groove is worn well to get out there and get it done. We've been chipping away at it. At first there was probably some resistance at times, you know, tired in the years past, but as you continually wear that groove down, it becomes part of, it becomes part of the, just the process and it's not a big deal. No big deal. It's not a big deal. When I took a break from triathlon, I don't know when, again, Ever? excuse my brain. My brain's a little Wait, fried. you were trail running. I'm, re, I'm refilling though with a big smoothie right now with lots of good stuff in it. But I remember the thing I was really tough for me was like just going out and running. I really missed the biking first, even if it was like an easy spin just to get everything going before a long run. I really missed it because running off the bike is like one of my favorite things. It a hundred percent. I love running off the bike. Why do you love running off the bike? Why? Whew. <sighs> I just do. No, I love the, I just love the challenge. I think it's a challenge. I think when I was presented with it way back when, uh, in this in this sport, you know, the goal was to run strong off the bike, right? And so, in your mind, you're trying to fathom like, how can I go hard on the bike and then be able to run strong off the bike without having any experience at it? And then I think let's refer back. I think to that experience in Colorado when I decided to um, play around with my nutrition and not take any in this Olympic triathlon and blast the bike, and then I faded so quickly on the run. (laughs) So fast. 
that's part of the uh, development of myself as as uh, as a good runner off the bike because I wanted to get better. I did not want to fade. I didn't want to fade. Um, and also I had the help of you um, locking the door sometimes coming back from long rides in Boulder and you wouldn't let me back in until I finished the hour that Lucho had prescribed for me. So I think that built the resiliency <laughs> and desire to be a good runner, be a great runner off the bike. You know, I going out, even though I do warm up uh, mobility drills and get the body warmed up before an, a run, a standalone run, I don't feel as warmed up as I do when I get off the bike. Yes, there are times that I'm stiff and that I have um, stuff going on, lower back. I remember Arizona a couple of years ago just coming off the bike and my lower back was ripping. I was like, what, am I going to be able to run? <laughs> Uh, but as soon as I got out of transition and the run gear on, I was going for it. So it's just like, it's an automatic, uh, thing now. So to answer your question, what was the question? Why do I love it? Because I just, I feel, I feel unstoppable. I feel invincible when I can run off the bike. It's part of running for me now. Bike to run is running to me. Does that make sense? Yeah, I feel like I, <clears throat> I feel like I like f- always feel good off the bike, but it's it's not like a feel good like after a couple of days of rest and you do like mobility or do some yoga and then you go out there and you're like fresh and you run. It's not that. It's like you know, get off the bike and it's a little comical. Um, but within that comedy of you know, like I the ride I did today, I climbed almost fifty five hundred feet. So a lot, just kind of toasted the legs a little bit and some really good pitches, you know, up to 20% pitches on these climbs that I did and getting off. It's just, it's kind of funny to feel the body after like a tasty ride to go run. But then within that, you know, having all those miles in the legs already, there's like, I don't know, I feel good within that that body of coming off the bike, which is a different body than just getting up and going out for a long run. Yeah, I, I, I have fun with it. It's definitely always the unknown. But that maybe that is what it is. It's that curiosity of what's going to happen. Even though you have a plan, even though you've worked on a pace or you know a structure as to what's going to happen when you get off the bike, it's always there's always an element of an unknown and uncertainty. And, and I think that's what... I'm really super curious about. And even to the point where lately I've been going stronger at, at, the, at the start than what I had planned to do. Just because I'm feel, I feel good. I feel good. And, I'll, and I'm worried. And what happens in the back half is what I'll you know, face on the back half, not what I'll face on the first half. So just deal with it when I deal with it. What was your training like today? Well, let's talk about your training yesterday and then how you followed it up today because you had a you had a key session yesterday I really like we had pancakes this morning and I left at nine and this is kind of the first time that we're sitting down to talk so I don't even know what you did today (laughs) (laughs) yeah yesterday it was super important uh setting intention is something I've been really uh more focused on so the night before the 24 hours before what food you take how you're gonna prepare your water bottles, 
you, what time are you going to get up in the morning? Uh, a dreaded question you always ask me, which I'm just like, uh, I don't know what time I'm going to get up. <laughs> um, but being, um, letting your yes be yes. So when you're, when I'm full on, I was, I hit it a hundred percent yesterday, yesterday morning. So the night before I prepared, got the, you know, the bike ready, my shoes, I had a backup plan with the rain to go to the, uh, I teach yoga at 10 so I could use the treadmill at the gym, a backup plan. And I did everything to, according to plan. I got to bed early. I woke up early. I had extra time. I was on the bike actually 10 minutes before I needed to be on the bike. The bike ride was not that challenging as what I remembered. I haven't done this in a while. Um, For those that are curious, it was six times 10 minutes at uh, 85% FTP, so about half Ironman effort. All on the trainer in aero position and then run off the bike 10 times 1K repeats with one minute rest. So... I'm, I'm naming this six times 10, 10 times six. Six times 10, 10 times six. And I know it's 10 times 0.6 miles because a 1K is 0.6 miles, but that's what I'm going to name it. Uh, it's going to stick. It's a new session. Watch out, team. <laughs> but I nailed it. I, the, I got off the bike and looked outside and it was pouring. Like pour, it had been pouring all night, all morning. I thought there'd be a window. There wasn't, so made a decision, packed up, Drove to the gym, which is eight minutes away, and uh, hopped on the treadmill and did 10 times 1K on the treadmill and rocked it, crushed it, and then crushed my yoga class. <laughs> what is it? <laughs> How do you crush a yoga class? What does that look like? Uh, for me, it's. I just have fun. I just, I'm, just, I'm more myself than anything. I'm not a yoga teacher, I'm myself. I'm not Mr. Yoga, like voice or anything like that. Not that I really am. But, you know, sometimes you get into the groove, you know, the yoga flow. So where are you teaching? I'm teaching. I'm back teaching at Crunch Crunch Gym in Oceanside. I taught there two years ago before they closed down the, the group fitness area, and they brought it back. And so I'm lucky enough to teach two classes there. And I love it. I love the people there. I love the community. I, there's something about that location and the people that come to my yoga class that uh, I enjoy. Yeah, it's a really. It sounds like it's a really sweet group. It is. It is. It's small. It's intimate. It's huge room. <laughs> it's a huge room. Could probably fit forty or fifty people. And I get like four or five, and that's fine. But then you get you get other people that come into the room. Well, because the gym has been, the group fitness has been closed for two years. People are doing their workouts in there. So it's always like, hey, I'm starting a class here in about five minutes. You're welcome to join. Uh, most don't. Do they ever come in during the class? Uh, they do come in during the class. Again, because they are not used to the format there, but there is yoga back and other things too that, you know, Zumba and, and all those classes that go in their TRX. So, if you're in the area, or are you coming in for Oceanside? Come to my, one of my yoga classes. I'd when love do you to teach? You. Tuesdays at 5.30 p.m. And Wednesday at 10 a.m. Cool. That'd be awesome. And then yesterday, I snuck in a short 30-minute recovery swim at the end of the day. Because I made time for the things that are important to me. The things that are important to the success that I'm feeling in my body on the run. 
So why would I not want to continue to show up for that? So I squeezed in a 30-minute swim. It was 1,000 meters. Um, and do I have like data and information and proof that that's helping me? On paper, I don't, but do I feel it's helping me? Absolutely, one hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. There's a you know, there's a time I think in training when we're leading into a race, at least for me, and I and I feel this, and then I just shift into it where it's like getting these little fine details, you know, that top off your training, like the thirty minute swim, like this little twenty minute run I did, which I could have skipped so easy easily. It's it's not like crunch time panic training. It's just, it's prioritizing. Like it's, I don't know. I, I just really want to show up to the races that I register for really prepared. And I think that when you keep a level of consistency in your training always, right? Like it's just a part of your life. It's a healthy lifestyle. It doesn't mean you have to train 17, 23 hours a week, you can train five hours a week, seven hours a week, nine hours a week, even three hours a week, you know, whatever it is, just a consistent regimen of moving the body. And then when you start getting closer to a race, you know, you can talk with your coach about like, then you start to add in a little bit more volume, a little bit of this, and it doesn't have to be dramatic. Like that consistency, that base is so wonderful because it's like you're ready to start adding in volume. You're, and then from that volume, you'll be ready to start adding in some intensity. And I've definitely experienced that in this build leading into Oceanside, you know, coming off a bike camp. Like, I just felt so strong climbing today. I, I'm so excited to get down to Costa Rica and do that ride, and then the other ride, and then the three other rides, because uh, I definitely am stronger than I was last year. And then from that, you know, swimming and running came down during those eight weeks, but I had so much strength from the bike. And then I was just dabbling in swimming and running, kept my big swim of the week because I didn't want to lose that swim fitness. Plus swimming is just so amazing for so many reasons, uh, recovery and strength and keeping your body nice and long and taut and all those good things. And then in the last like four weeks, it was just like, it's on, okay, it's on. It's like every Sunday on the course, running Oceanside, you know, running up and down those hills, preparing to run those hills, getting really familiar with them. How does it feel? How does it feel the first loop? How does it feel the second loop? And, and, um, and then like today I could have easily filled my day with work, easily filled my day with so many things that are still on the list of to do today, which are not going to get done, but my workout got done and that's super important. And there it's probably more important than the things on the list. And I had to prioritize that like you did last night. You prioritize that 30 minute swim. You prioritize that, that bike to run yesterday. And it's so important because I know it's temporary. So it's like, there's a time for everything. There's a time for, um, you know, saying, ah, I don't feel like going out on the bike today, you know, but I don't think that's two weeks out from the race. I think it's really important to prioritize the training, whatever that takes, 3.30 a.m., wake up, whatever it takes, um, get it done and, uh, and set yourself up for the greatest success. And so, and I also think that within that, in order to do that, you got to minimize other things that are unnecessary. We were talking about this earlier, Beach. 
about ridding yourself of things in life that are unnecessary so that you can keep your head in the game, be ready for that race that you committed to how many months ago? Yeah, we, we make time for the things we want to do. That's a, that's a pretty good blanket statement. We make time for the things we want to do. It may not align with what we, what we say we want to do. You know, there's this other thing, other side story going on over here. Like I want to train more, I want, but I just don't have the time, right? But we're making time for the things that are important to us. So look at the things that you believe are important to you and write them down. This, I got this idea, I've, I've been reading, as I do, one page uh, every day, something like that. Which is really in, in, line, oh, yeah, in line with the title of this book. We've so talked true. about this book before, in fact. Uh, it's Take Your Time, The Wisdom <laughs> of Slowing Down. How beautiful is that? BJ has taken that literally one page a day. Yeah, sometimes it's one paragraph <laughs> or one word. But it's a it's a book to, that I'll soak up slowly here I, again by Eknarth Aswarian who uh, writes you know um, the Bhagavad Gita the version that we that we uh, read so uh, it just aligns with um, with our philosophy and you know I stick to very few books I'm not going to get onto that um, tangent but anyway I'm reading this one and. Part of it was to, when he came to America, everybody was very busy hustling and bustling and he was in New York and he just couldn't believe how fast the cars go and how people are just so hectic and it would just created more hecticness. And even at night, I think he said he couldn't believe how many cars were on the, on the highway. So is this perspective coming into the country and seeing how busy we are. And so he himself wanted had found meditation and wanted to incorporate it more into his life but realized he didn't have enough time so he said how can i make time in my life and so he started to write down on a on a note notebook the things that he was doing every day and took out the red pen and started to cross out the things that weren't necessary um and he opened up space in his life daily life to incorporate meditation which is something that he was basically a non-negotiable for him. And we've talked about that before. So the same thing with me doing the workout yesterday and you doing your workout today, what getting to the pool at the end of the day yesterday, what's important to you? What are your priorities? And where have we fallen into the trap of a habit that isn't serving us or yeah, a habit or a belief or a pattern that we don't even truly know exists. It just has become part of us. Um, you know, I had one athlete say Instagram. I realized Instagram was not, you know, serving me. I was scrolling. And so he removed Instagram. But the, but the workouts are still not getting done. So it's not, yeah, you can get rid of Instagram, but it's that habit. It's that addictive habit to something that you're, you're doing and don't even know you're doing it. So yeah, one thing, you know, one thing, this might be a good segue to talk about what we stopped doing with our subscriptions. Uh, You brought it up, like, do we really need all these subscriptions? And I always see the ad on Instagram about here's an easy way to cut down all your subscriptions in one sweet swipe. But we stopped using Prime 
we stopped Amazon Prime, we stopped Peacock, which is a streaming service, and I thought there was one other thing. Apple um, TV, but then I had to buy a laptop, and then we got it free, oh, which is great because Ted Lasso, Ted just, Lasso came just came out. <laughs> so, <laughs> so we'll have that for three months. <laughs> but it got me—it got me really curious about the things that are really, really important to me. And I was sharing with you earlier that you know, just two things off the top of my head that I will always, always like find a way to 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 make happen is that pool membership that we get every month that is super super important to me um and then trainer road is an uh, is an app that i use for cycling it's just really important to me so then you start to see the trend okay well these are things that incorporate moving the body uh doing a sport um getting good at a sport you know getting putting the hours in and so what are the things that are not on that list that's a short list i know but like getting on instagram Use that one. It's really not helpful to look at. Well, sometimes it is to look at those reels of golden retrievers delivering food from the back of the food truck. <laughs> For people who order, it's a dog delivering the food. <laughs> but sometimes those make you smile. But you don't need to be spending all that time indulging in that. And removing the app is not really going to solve the problem. If there is a problem, it's not going to solve that habit. It's being aware of the habit. What am I doing? I'm spending. I'm choosing to spend time scrolling versus choosing to spend time doing mobility. What's another thing that's important to me the past three weeks, four weeks, four weeks, that has gotten me to a point where I am running on the treadmill fast. Four weeks ago, I was like, I may pull the trigger on Oceanside. I, you know, meaning I may just you know defer because I was not up to up to speed on running. And then started incorporating Lawrence's Monday Mobility program from Inner Runner. Nothing, nothing shocking. Just the consistent movement of the hips. You've done it with me too, and that's important to me. Waking up and getting that ten to thirty minutes of mobility in the hips is important to me, and it's gotten me to this point. So again, why would I stop doing this stuff? And I'm I'm guilty of it too. I'm not I'm not getting 100% perfect in this. I'm human. I, I make I, I fall off the train too. But I'm more aware of those moments. I'm awake to those moments, and I see it. Like I've fallen to to patterns myself. So I make time for the things I want to do. So back to this slowing down. Uh, take your time. Like look at the things that you're doing. Write them down on a notebook. Get really honest with yourself and get get a red pen. Go buy a red pen and cross out the things that really you could do without or you're curious if you can do without. Because when you first said Peacock, like I really like The Office and I like to watch old Office episodes, but we haven't had it and I haven't watched The Office and I'm fine and I'm okay. And... I'm back to running fast. So is running fast more important to me or is watching old episodes of The Office important to me? <laughs> running strong and fast and healthy is important to me, more important. Mm-hmm. Right there, people. What do you think about all this? Well, I think it's a great practice in letting go because one of the things that I said to you was like, well, if we find out that like life is crumbling because we don't have Peacock, 
we can sign back up. <laughs> there is always that. I, you're so that's so true. That's so true. Like so, I canceled the the auto renew on the Amazon Prime, and I was like, if we find that we are drowning in <laughs> shipping charges and things are taking months to get here, then we can sign back up. Like Amazon will take our money. But something that was happening was like, I I felt like I was getting really lazy with Amazon. It was like when we had two cars. So there was this point where BJ and I have had one car for a really long time since we lived in Boulder. So we moved to Boulder. um, 2010. No, 2001. Yes. Remember we arrived September 11th, 2001. Um, And, uh, Shortly thereafter, well, we bought a car at a pawn shop. <laughs> okay, okay, guess, I guess we're talking shop. about this story. We bought Another a Subaru, a Loyal. <laughs> we bought a car at a pawn shop because we had so many friends that were coming out oh, that's right. yeah. From, yeah. Um, from back east, and we needed a car to get them up to the mountains because I was working, and BJ was kind of working, playing a lot of basketball, and shuttling our friends up to the mountains to snowboard. <laughs> <laughs> and... Um, and we were still very much in a party mode. Uh, we hadn't gotten into triathlon yet. But um, then we sold that car, which, remember, we sold it for more than we bought it for, which was like... Not a lot unheard. more, but, but a like little bit more. Like $1,200 more. I don't know about that. Yes. <laughs> yes. Okay. Very com- We'll go very with that. We'll go with that, that in this story. So anyway, we sold the pawn shop car uh, for more money than we bought it for after driving it for like, I don't know, a year and a half or something like that. And we had one, we had one car. So we've had one car for a really long time, probably since 2002, 2003. And then we, um, we had this red Subaru that had like 290,000 miles on it. It was amazing, but it was starting to get like, mm, it's like a little, it's like a little iffy for these long rides that we're doing because we do like big road trips and things like up to Placid and, you know, we'd have our dogs with us. We had a big golden retriever and a big uh, Bernese mountain dog. And, um, and then it just started to not feel like super safe, you know, like the transmission was about to drop out. Like they told us we needed a new transmission, like five years we had been driving on this transmission that they said was not going to be good, like, that doesn't sound but right. it was still going. <laughs> so anyway, we bought a car and then we had two cars and we realized that having two cars made us lazy because we were driving places where normally if somebody had the car, the other person would have to walk, ride their bike or run. And so we donated the car. Remember? Was this before the scooter? Because the scooter was a... Yeah. Then we had a, we had a little scooter. But um, there was a time there we had the two cars. And yeah. We, yeah. Okay. And it made us lazy. Yeah. So I felt like I was getting lazy with Amazon. <laughs> like I was just like, click, buy. And then it would be like at the door two hours later. And so I thought we could play this experiment where we didn't renew Amazon knowing that at any time Amazon will take my money and I can have a Prime membership again. And I've been loving not having Amazon Prime because when you go to a website now, you know, to buy something, which I was buying on Amazon, but now I can go right to the company to buy it. You'll get like a promo discount. A lot of times you'll get free shipping. And I've been having fun like giving business to these other websites that I haven't been giving business to for the last couple of years. And 
it's making me work my brain a little bit and be resourceful and not so lazy with Amazon. And then, you know, when I looked at, I think it was like $139 for the year. And, and then, you know, you go to cancel it and it's like, are you sure you want to cancel it? You know, they, you got to go through all that, but you've saved $136 in shipping. And I'm like, yeah, but I paid $139. So I really didn't save any money. I just got a bunch of shit that I probably didn't need half of it. And I got it like with overnight shipping, right? And we've still ordered stuff on Amazon and we haven't paid shipping. Like nothing has made me think that we need that membership until... The marvelous Mrs. Maisel comes out and remind you to get it for like a month. I was just going to say that. That's one thing we may have to Because <laughs> I do for. like that show. Um, but yeah, it's like, it's a really good process in letting go because you feel like there's a cling, like, oh, Amazon. Like, what if we get rid of it? Then we're not going to be able to buy things and we're going to need stuff and, you know, we're going to need it tomorrow. We don't need it tomorrow. Like I just ordered a new cassette. I need a new cassette for my bike and a new chain and some things. And it's, it's also like keeping you on alert. Like, what do I need for my bike? As opposed to like, oh, my chain just snapped because I've known for three months that I've needed a chain and I haven't done it because I've had, I've let my lazy mind not order it. And now I need it right away. Oh, good thing. I have Amazon prime. I can get it in, you know, in California. I don't know how it is in other States, but like we get like same day stuff with Amazon prime. It's really weird. But anyway, I'm loving not having it. Absolutely loving it. And I feel good about where I'm spending money. And I think not only just saving on not having the membership, but I'm saving because it's not so easy to just click, click, click and have it at the door. It's, it, yeah, again, it's question, pause and, and look at what you're, what you're, what you're paying for, what you've subscribed for, what you're, what's, in, in, what are the integral parts of your life that you, that are just automatic, like question things, question them all the time because your mind is the same way. It's going to make things super easy. It wants that super highway, wants to fast track things. So Amazon is a great example of like, let's just fast track all our ordering. We don't have to, you know, even returning is like super easy um, for Amazon. So it's a practice. And it's also, yeah, you mentioned detachment, right? Detachment from Mrs. Maisel. Like we can't watch, you know, the new season when it comes out as of right now. But also... Are you okay without that stuff? Yeah. Are you okay without that stuff? Mm-hmm. And now you start to say like, well, what else in what else in my life am I okay without? And if you come into our place, I'm looking around, we have no furniture. So can you be without furniture? Of course you can. Absolutely. We've been doing it. But again, it's like something, something that we're, it's an automatic now, like we don't have furniture here. However, when we go to Airbnbs and, or VRBOs and stay there, we're like, oh, this is cool. Yeah, and but the then you sit cool. on the couch and you're like, the couch isn't actually not com- it's not even that comfortable. And like sometimes it is. And then like there's like a big glass coffee table you bang your <laughs> oh, yeah. leg on that, all the time because you can't even Kona. see it because yeah. it's glass. Oh my god! I and it's like, where out. do I roll my yoga mat out? So I don't know. I don't know if I'm ever gonna. I mean, I kind of feel very much at peace that like 
I don't think I'm ever going to buy a couch ever again. And it was just like, I just didn't ever want to have to move a couch ever again. That was really like the thing. But I think the the biggest thing about not having furniture is like when we had our house in Newport and we had beautiful furniture, it didn't matter. We were always on the floor because we wanted to be with the dogs and the dogs were way too big for all of us to be on the furniture or we'd be on the mat with the dogs and, you know, doing yoga or, you know, rolling or something like that. It's like, I never really, I don't feel like I have a life where I can just sit where I just sit on the couch. And we want to roll out, if I'm looking right now, that you want to roll out the yoga mat. Clark's got his, a yoga mat that leads right to his bed right now. So Yeah, what's important to you? What's important to me is space to roll out the yoga mat where I can flip my dog and not like... Have to move the <laughs> and, furniture. End up, you know, <laughs> with a broken glass coffee table on my head. <laughs> so, yeah, I think, you know, this idea of like getting rid of the just curiosity, right? Like, yes, stay curious, have a little experiment. Like what's like for us, it was like, okay, what's life without Peacock, which I wasn't even watching. What's life without Amazon prime, which I was using and realized I was getting lazy. And it was like, had this kind of like subconscious, like, there was something about it that didn't feel good. And I'm not saying that I'm not going to have it again. I'm just saying like, we're having an experiment right now, but Um, also like, okay, you want to get rid of Instagram or Facebook. Okay, great. Get rid of those things. Absolutely. But if that's not like, if I get rid of Peacock, right, because I don't want to stream as much, but now I'm on YouTube three hours a day, then that, then the thing that needs to shift was not Peacock. It's not the streaming. Yes. Like if I want to be off of scrolling through things or um, I want to remove that from my life so that I can prioritize my training and I remove that from my life, but the training's not getting prioritized, then the removing of that thing from the life was not, it was not the, the issue. So the issue is still there. So it, it's, you know, it's really being honest um, with yourself about things that may not be serving you. It also butts up against, yeah, not serving you, but it butts up against the, the, the concept that change is scary because we've come so, become so comfortable with having these options to stream and we try to take that away if we're not ready for it, just talking to yourself about it. It's scary to change. What if I want to, it's the what if, what if I want to watch that show? What if I want to stream, you know, Mrs. Maisel, uh, you can't. And so now you're being told you can't cause you don't, you once had it and now you can't. So now you're butting up against change. So if you get all the swirly disturbance and swirly sensation inside, that's the stuff that you should be looking at, not the actual streaming service out there. So I think it butts right up against your relationship to change. What is your relationship to to exploring an experiment like this? I don't know. It's something to get curious about. If you're if you're fearful of change, I would I would dive right in right there. Well, and I think it's a it's a low risk situation. Well, right. Yeah, I'm talking. Yeah, we're talking. It's like services. when I'm, if I'm in a, if I'm teaching a yoga class and I'm teaching crow pose, which you're literally like 
two inches off the ground. It's a pretty low risk situation. Um, and the fear around it is like, you're going to smash your face and I've done that and it's fine because you're only falling from two inches from the mat. Um, and so, yeah, I think it's just like getting curious, always being on high alert, like, like meditator Bob says to us, um, which is pretty extreme, but it's like, hold every thought captive. He says, hold every thought captive, meaning like start somewhere, start just by noticing your thoughts. And sometimes that can be tough because you're really caught up in them. Notice the words that you're using because the words are just verbalized thoughts, really, I think. Um, and words are really powerful. They have uh, a frequency and energy. Uh, everything is energy. So it's everything's kind of a magnet for it's like attracts like. So, um, yeah, just start to get curious about things that may or may not be serving you. And I think in that book, Take Your Time, The Wisdom of Slowing Down, he talks about like the cravings, you know, of life and that these things outside of us, like Amazon Prime or, or watching The Office or Peacock or The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, we put weight into those things because whether it's conscious or unconscious, we believe that they're going to bring us a sense of happiness. And, and perhaps they do, right? They're, they're actually not bringing a sense of happiness. They're just showing you that there's happiness inside, but it's temporary. And so as we begin to strip things away, the distractions of life, the, you know, the 14 pairs of shorts to four pairs of shorts, like, you know, the, you know, the, I don't know, excess, I don't whatever it is that's excess in your life, like kind of look around. Like if there's something that just feels like it's weighing you down, let that go. We'll start to lighten the load. And as we do that, we've got kind of more time to notice things, be aware of things. Like I I feel like there's, if there's a lot of clutter in the house, like it's the, the outer world's always reflecting the inner world. So as we kind of lighten our load in the external, I think it will help us turn our attention inward and and see maybe where there's some clutter we can let go of there too. I think that also ties into decision fatigue. If you have a lot of stuff, there's a lot of decisions to be made. Like which shirt do I put on and which shorts do I put on and or which bike do I choose to take out today, right? It, it can it just creates more decision opportunities. And I think that's one thing, at least I'll speak for myself, that I really enjoyed about this process that we went through of minimizing and getting to the, even to this day, like getting rid of prime, like we're still whittling down so that we have less decisions to make. I really, you see it firsthand. Like when I go to the pool, I pretty much wear the same thing when I go to the pool. It's what you have on right now. It's what I have on right, because I haven't showered (laughs) since the pool. Orange That's socks. what I did today. We were going to talk about what, we did, what I did today. Oh, yeah. But <laughs> we'll get back I, to that. The decision fatigue, it's, it's a lot of decisions need to be made. And I just don't, I just would rather not spend my energy in all of that. I'd rather spend my energy, like you said, in, in this space. You look around the place, there's a lot of space here. I've, I've, the decisions I need to make are am I going to do, am I going to roll the yoga mat out over here 
or I'm going to yo- roll a yoga mat over here. <laughs> Two different spots, wide open. And that to me is a, is a less stressful decision for me than all the other stuff that can, that can come up from, from accumulating. So get curious about, look, I mean, literally just sit in the middle of your room and look around. And the mind is going to want to cling to things. Um, it's going to want to cling to things. Oh, but what if I need that in the future? Um, just, <laughs> you can order it from Amazon probably. <laughs> you know what? I, and I remember that when we were, when we were moving into our car and it was like, whoa, this carry on suitcase is really small compared to the pile that I have to put in there. And it was like, we had to keep minimizing, keep minimizing. And I remember saying to you like, BJ, we're going to be in the car in America. Like, I'm sure that there's going to be a Lululemon somewhere, you know, within a hundred miles if we need to get another pair of shorts or a long sleeve shirt or whatever. And the, I had one long sleeve Lululemon shirt on that trip. Like the, the only, I think the only long sleeve, I'm, I might've had another, like just long sleeve, like cotton shirt, but now I'm down to one long sleeve. I have one long sleeve shirt. It is a gray, swiftly, long sleeve Lululemon shirt. And the other day I was like, oh man, I've like, that shirt is gross. It definitely needs to get washed. It was like at the bottom of the dirty laundry. So I wore my swim, um, the long long sleeve shirt I have when we swim in the summer. And it's just like so much sun on the body. So I just ran in that, like in my, uh, my sun shirt. It was fine. Yeah. You don't need all the stuff. Again, stay curious. Stay curious about all the yeah. stuff that you have and see if you're using it. You know, we've, we've talked about minimalism before and I, I know we're shifting here, but, you know, if you have, you know, 12 t-shirts, look at the two or three that you're not wearing as much and put them somewhere else, put them higher on the shelf somewhere. And if you don't pull them out in the next, you know, few weeks, then you know that you really don't need them, that it's a, an emotion you believe there's an emotional attachment to the, to the story about the shirt. I was there too. I mean, my Mountain Dew shirt, I loved my Mountain Dew shirt. You picked it up at Target for like $7.99 and I wore it all the time back East. But, you know, do I really like Mountain Dew? No. No, you weren't even drinking Mountain but Dew. But I liked the shirt. I felt <laughs> cool in the shirt. But guess what? I feel cool in other shirts too. <laughs> this one right here. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, just it's it's a it's a little bit of a, a a trick into how you can start to minimize minimize your life. Yeah, and you know, I think there was like this big boom a few years ago with the whole Marie Kondo, like, does it bring you joy? And and perhaps maybe it's time to revisit that. And I'm not saying you have to have one long sleeve shirt. That's that's not the requirement. Um, but. If there's a lot of excess that has you feeling like you're weighed down, look at that and watch how the mind wants to cling to it. Because this is mindset training right here. Like this is being in control of the mind. The mind is going to want to cling to it. It's like a nervous little Nelly. It's going to think, oh, but I'm going to want to read that book. Well, donate the book to the library. And then if you want to read it, go to the library and check it out. That's a solution right there. Oh, I like that one. Oh, speaking of books, it's t- your thrift book 
purchase. Oh, yeah. That was kind of cool. Yeah. So there was a book that one of the things, one of the things that uh, I was like, hmm, kind of wish I didn't get rid of that book was uh, one of my massage school books. I had amazing books from massage school. Uh, remember you bought me the Atlas of the Human Body, which was like it was like a two hundred dollar book or something like that. It was just this gorgeous book. I loved it. It was my favorite book, and uh, got rid of that, and because it was like you know fifty pounds. But there was this book called Trail Guide to the Body, and I got rid of it. I got rid of all my stuff and um, all my notes, like everything, and. Uh, and that was one thing that I was like, oh, I wish I had my trail guide. And it's not a cheap book. It's like a 50 or 60, I don't know, it might even be like an $80 book. So after we canceled the Amazon Prime, I was like, oh, I didn't get the, the trail guide to the body. And I was like, oh, that's okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna find, I'm gonna find it. And so I found this website called Thrift Books. And it had it on there, and it's the same version that I had a million years ago. Uh, I know it's been updated, but I mean, the body muscles are still inserting and attaching in the same areas. So, you know, I don't know how much updated it could be. And um, what I love about it is like it's all about the, you know, the action, the insertion of the muscles, how they move. It's just really well done. So I got that, and it was like seven bucks. What is it normally? I think it's like upwards of like 50 or $70 brand new. I mean, it's a great book. It's so worth it. It's wonderful. Um, and then another book that I wanted, which was Ayurveda and Yoga. And I got that one for like eight bucks. And then um, I did a little book splurge. And then uh, the Upanishads, which is another book that Eknatha Swaran has translated. And that's that's a very very like deep book. It's basically some of the, uh, if not the earliest, um, teachings of experience with pure consciousness. So anyway, it's pretty deep, but Clark ate it and, um, ripped it to shreds and I've been wanting it back for a long time. So I got that on this thrift books. It was awesome. So then I got to support this little website, thrift books, and I got free shipping. So it's cool. Score. All right. Let's, uh, should we circle back to your workout today? Yeah. And then we'll wrap this show up. I hope you guys have enjoyed this. Uh, I've only done one workout today so far. Well, two, I did my mobility this morning Okay. and then went to the pool for team swim, (laughs) solo team swim. (laughs) It was just you. It was just me. (laughs) I felt the team there though. What'd you do? I did, uh, another key session that I do before races. Uh, I really like to get into deck ups and siding practice uh, in the pool. What was the main set? Main set was five times 300 yards on one minute rest. You deck up at the end of every 300. The first 100 of the 300 is at 90%, and you sight three times every 25 yards. And then the next 200 yards, you sight two times per 25. And you increase that effort as you progress through the 300s. So the first 300, it's 90% on the 100, 65, 70% on that next 200. And then the next 300, the two of the five um, 300s, you're going 90% for the first 100, and then like 75%. 
for the next 200. And then you work your way all the way to the fifth one where you, you take that pace out 90% and then you hold that for the next 200. Nice. So all in all, 1,500 yards in the main set with de- you know deck ups and lots and lots of siding. It gets you really prepped for, for, um, for race day. And what I found today was I just, I was really rickety, really rickety for the first like two or three 300s, but then something happened in those last 300s. And that's the stuff most athletes are like, oh my God, how am I ever going to hold that effort, take out effort for the full? I don't even think about that anymore. Like most often it's the end of the swim that I'm feeling the strongest. So I found some flow, some really good flow. And I wasn't like completely out of breath, which was pretty cool. Yeah. I think that's just such a sign of endurance athletics, right? It's like you're an hour and a half into the bike and you're like, yeah, now I'm feeling good. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. Like, like, Something happens. When I was going down the coast this morning, I was like uncomfortable on the saddle and I was like, my back was a little sore and I was like, okay, we'll see. We'll see what this ride's like. And then I could have just kept climbing to the heavens today. So we can wrap it up with this. Okay. Giving up before you even start. So you going down the coast, you could have said, it's not happening today. I'm not feeling it. I'm going to turn around and go home. There might be some, it looks like there could be some rain. I'm kind of cold. I was. <laughs> so all these things, all these things are in your mind. Me too. I was like, I, like I said, I felt rickety and like my lower back was, was not feeling good. And I had pancakes this morning before the swim. Which oh I never yeah. Do. I was like, we had pancakes before so, the swim. Giving up even before you start, like you got to go through it. And I think that's the magic in endurance sports is, is, is the gift that it gives back to you is if you stick with it long enough, it will serve up something that you can encapsulate and make it your own and see that not that we need this, but that it was worth the effort that you put in. It was worth that 6am wake up call. It was worth that not drinking wine the night before. It's worth uh, preparing your water bottles. It's all worth it when you get to the other side. When that happens in that span of an endurance session, none of our business, we don't know. But at some point, you and I just shared, at some point, if you do it long enough, it's going to turn. It's going to be in your favor. You just need to, you just need to get that uh, momentum started. Yeah. I needed to like jumpstart it. So I think about eight miles in, I always have the option, like I was going down Poinsettia by Elga. And then I've always got that option to go straight to Melrose, which I know is a nice little gradual climb up Poinsettia, or I can take a right and go up El Forte, which is a short, goes up to like 13, 14%, like just charge up the legs, get the heart going. And I was like, I'm going up El Forte today. Let's do it. And, uh, I felt amazing. And actually I was thinking about when I first got my bike in August of 2020 and I went up El Forte, I was like, I thought I was going to die. And today I just, just kept chugging along all the way up. Like, and I was like, yes, that was amazing to be able to reflect on that and see how far I've come and how strong I feel. Yeah, it was great. And then I never really thought about it after that. But that is that is what I'm talking about right there. Your memory of that hill being brutal. But because you're aware of these thoughts that you have in your mind, you're not letting that 
be the deciding factor in the route that you choose. No, I mean, it's always, El Forte is always going to be El Fuego. It's always going to be like spicy. Um, but I knew the body, it needed a little spicy today. It was like, okay, come on, girl. Like you want to, I definitely was chasing. I wanted to get like at least 5,000 feet of climbing in today. I was chasing a little number and that was fun today. And I did. So you set the intention too, like set the intention, vocalize it. And then see it through. Yeah, go get it. Don't give up before you have even started. <laughs> I know, that sounds, sounds like a plea. Sounds like a cry for help. Please, Please just don't, do don't it. give up before you start. I've seen it. I've just seen it way too many times. I have too much evidence in my life that says you just got to keep going. Well, let's wrap it up with this. Okay. We are, more, we are far, far more capable than what we believe ourselves to be capable of. Like we are far more powerful than we've ever been led to believe. And let's bring it back to the universal mantra for 2023, which is all things are possible. I believe all things are possible. So um, yeah, that's a nice groove to start to dig and deepen every day. I believe all things are possible. I posted a quote today. That is good. Are we having a quote off right now? Yeah, let's have a quote off. Okay, let's get yours. I posted this and getting a lot of like the hearts, like a lot of hearts. A lot of hearts. Yeah, like seven. It's a story. Uh, It's from Wayne Dyer. I love, you know, Wayne Dyer. You can just cue him up on YouTube. Uh, There's no limit to what you can attract into your life. There is no limit to what you can attract into your life. Yeah. It goes both ways too. A hundred percent. That's why we want to watch our words. What you focus on expands. So watch what you're focusing on. Yep. Yeah. Good. I like that. Great. Great What do you want to attract into your life? I want to attract more sunshine (laughs) right now. I'm going to hop on that pony. Yeah. I love it. I ran in uh, a tank top and shorts today and I was like soaking in the D. I was playing music on the AirPods with Clark walking to the beach for some bench time and the sun popped out and I was just like looking up at the sky and the palm trees and the sun. I must have looked like a crazy man. That's fantastic. Yeah, it's we beautiful it. out. All right, everyone. More of that. More sunshine. Hey, thanks for sticking with us. I'm going to hop in the shower now and get myself into my jammies at 4.30 in the afternoon, get a little work done. We so appreciate you guys sticking with us for this episode. Um, anything you want us to dig into anytime, let us know. And just want to give a shout out. Thank you to all the Patreon members who support the show. Keep it commercial free. Uh, if you're not sure what Patreon is, check it out uh, on our website, patreon.com slash yogitraflete. And uh, there's some little bennies in there, but it, it's, I just want to thank those that are supporting us. It means so much. Uh, we are six years into this, five, seven years now. <laughs> Time is flying by into this stewardship of Yogi Triathlete, and, and we couldn't do it without you. Thank you. <laughs>